Welcome to the third episode of the Alan Badger podcast. My name is Tim. I'm joined by my good friend Helen and together we are looking at some of the key things that have affected us over these last 18 months or so. Our aim is to give an alternative view to what you'll hear in the mainstream media, not because we want to be alternative for the sake of it, but because we believe there are narratives that need challenging. The topics we take a look at will be through the lens of our deeply held Christian world view. Our desire is to encourage others to think through the issues we face, to consider the trajectory they place us on and how we might respond. So today we're going to do something a little bit different and um, shorter in so far as we're going to be looking at some of the things that have been in the news the last week or so. And I think the primary, one of the primary headlines, other than gas and electric prices, has been the rollout of vaccination of 12 to 15 year olds. Isn't that right, Helen? Yes, that's right. Um, I think as I read, there were 3.2 million children in that age group. Mm -hmm. Does that sound right? Yeah. Um, So that's a lot of children to potentially be vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think one of the one of the key things was, wasn't it, what what the government said and what they did with the um, Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation, following the science, getting the advice of the correct committees. What was the outcome of the JCVI? Um, well, they're the regulatory body on vaccination and immunisation. They're the scientists to follow, um, except they didn't recommend that the vaccine be given to 12 to 15 year olds. Um, but the government appeared to have ignored that recommendation and gone ahead anyway with um, some rather unusual reasons for, for going ahead. I think they've said it's so nothing to do with health, it's to avoid educational disruption and um, it's for their mental health. Right. I'm not quite sure how that all adds up. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Because last year, well, actually wind back before the um, pandemic lockdown, their mental, the issues of mental health has certainly been on the rise, hasn't it, in 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 this country and um, it's been on the rise for a long time I think it was something that it was actually receiving quite high profile coverage as well um, Prince William's done a lot of stuff on that which has been which has been good and yet when we locked down last year and children were out of school that would have that did have a significant impact on their mental health didn't it so the government didn't seem to care so much about it then. Um, no, it's it's a it's a strange issue, really, isn't it? When it's the government who have decided to close schools, disrupt the education of children. Uh, many would argue unnecessarily. So for them to now say that children need to be vaccinated in order to prevent the disruption, um, surely all they need to do is not shut schools and not, well, probably not testing children might help as well. Um, yes, it's, uh, well, it's, uh, I can't really get my head around it. It it does, it does seem contradictory. And when you add that on to the fact that the JCVI said that actually they didn't see a health benefit, wasn't it, for 
vaccinating children because they made it they made it clear a little a little bit of perhaps some could see as backpedaling by saying well there are other factors to consider and again like with lockdowns there are other factors that we should have considered and didn't and didn't that's right um, so i think though the jcbi were, were trying to give the, the the government a sort of a get out of jail card which they then took and of course you know chris witty um then says well actually it's for children's mental health they should be getting the vaccine so they don't miss school because this would have an adverse effect on them which of course if children do miss school it will have an adverse effect won't it yes of course so if we want to look at risk to to children i think it's fair to say isn't it that that the risk has been statistically pretty low for covid hasn't it for children extremely low lower than the risk from flu um yes extremely low so in fact for healthy children almost at zero it's it's almost no risk at all wow okay so if that information wasn't enough I could go to the University of Oxford QCOVID risk assessment tool and I can put in stats of one of my children. So I'll, I'll do that as, as, as we talk now and see and see what it gives us as, as a risk. Let's have a look. Well, while you're doing that, the, the issue, of course, is firstly, what is the risk to the child um, from the disease that you're vaccinating against? Um, Secondly, how effective could that vaccine be in um, addressing that risk? Um, but then thirdly, and perhaps most significantly, what could any adverse uh, reactions and risks associated with the vaccine be for that child? Um, yes. And those, those are the issues that were being looked at. Yeah, I mean, put it, put, using, using a calculator, the risk comes out of hospital admission as 0.0024% and of an associated death from COVID as 0.0001%. So the question is, what is that risk versus the risks of taking one of the COVID-19 vaccines? Because that's a question that parents should be asking themselves, isn't it? Yes, exactly. And I think it's fair to say that um, it doesn't stack up that balance, does it? Because we have this whole thing of protecting adults. Yes, that um, the government seems to go a bit more quiet on that more recently. But for a while, that was being talked about a great deal. This idea that you vaccinate young people um, because it, it will provide some kind of wall of protection for for those who are at risk, which are adults. Um, That to me, there's a huge moral and ethical issue around that. We don't don't use children in order to protect adults. That's not what we do in our society. We don't put children at risk in order to protect adults. I was thinking about um, in the war when we went to great lengths to take children out of harm's way didn't we we took them away from the cities and put them in safe places in the countryside to protect them um and we we look down uh, we condemn 
places of war where children are used as human shields. Um, so, you know, that's that that's the position as far as I'm concerned in our society. We protect children and we we don't put them in harm's way. So this idea that we would inject them with something not for their benefit, which may have some risk and we don't actually know what those risks are. We know what some of them are, but we we don't know uh, what many of the risks might be in order to protect adults. Yeah, that's 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 really that's a really good point. And it's so important to to grasp this. And sadly, our, our governments seem intent on, on on doing the opposite, which is which is a real shame because even uh, today, again, Chris Whitty is being quoted as, as saying, if your children don't get the vaccine, they will catch COVID. Well, there's two things wrong with that. First of all, that is really manipulative coercion, which we are used to, sadly. But also, statistically, if a child does catch COVID, it has hardly any effect on them. You know, there are, will be exceptions to that, of course, as there are exceptions to everything in life. But it's this idea that they're trying to put fear into parents, presumably, to, to say that, yes, I want my child to, to have this experimental vaccine, essentially. Which really, it's, uh, it's, it's not good. And let's just change, change tack slightly, because we can come back to this in a minute. But I, I was... I was struck by um, the headline again in the news this week, because that's what we are kind of covering, isn't it? About Strictly Come Dancing. I'm, I must be honest, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I know plenty of people are, but there's been a bit of a, an upset, isn't there? Because a, is it a couple of professional dancers have said that they haven't had the vaccine and they're not going to get it. And it has caused a bit, well, they're reporting it as causing a bit of a problem in the strictly come dancing camp but we go back to this whole thing of what a vaccine does don't we a vaccine protects the person who's vaccinated so if you've had the vaccine i don't see quite why where the worry is no, I, miss, I, I must be thought... missing something helen what am i missing <laughs> i'm not sure vaccines are meant to protect the person who who receives the vaccine so why they should then be fearful of other people who have not received the vaccine, um, I, don't, I don't really understand. Um, but there's also the issue there around medical information, isn't there, and privacy. And yes. um, should employees or people working for the BBC, those dancers, why should they have to give their medical information, make that public? Why should... Um, they are they I don't know whether they're going to force them to say or they just have worked out who they think hasn't been vaccinated but it wouldn't surprise me if it's if it's if it ends up being a kind of a public shaming public humiliation in order to send a message to the perhaps more susceptible in our population population to to what's on the mainstream that if you don't get um, vaccinated you'll be you'll be outed as a pariah you will be you will be a fundamentally bad person who doesn't care about those around them so i guess it's a case of watch this space to see how mm. this pans out it wouldn't surprise me if it ends up like that but like you say it's it's private medical 
information. I also heard um, Boris Johnson telling them off they should get the vaccine. Right. And, and yet, and yet, and but the government make it clear that the vaccine is not mandatory. So which, you know, oh, it's which, is it? Which, it? Which, which is it? Is it, is it mandatory or not? Because, because this is confusing, isn't it? <laughs> you're, you're, you're free to choose if, whether you get the vaccine or not, but if you don't get it, we'll tell you to get it. That to me is a slightly contradictory message, if I'm honest. Yes. And um, it appears they'll keep on and on and on about it um and and then it's going to potentially lead to this issue around vaccine passports as well isn't it absolutely because i think this is where this is all going and it's interesting using the good old way back machine if you've ever not heard if you haven't come across this it's a excuse me a website which is an archive of much of the internet so you can put in a web address in the way back machine and it will give you all the previous versions of that particular website. So it's very useful for news. And it's interesting, for example, to look at the BBC and what they said about the vaccine when it first came out and how they heralded it as a very effective tool to prevent you getting coronavirus. And of course, to prevent you from giving coronavirus to other people, which is why you're supposed to get the vaccine. And the BBC have somewhat um, rephrased their, their opinion more recently to to say that it doesn't stop you getting the vaccine it, uh, sorry the virus it doesn't stop you get uh, spreading it but it, it hopefully should stop you ending up in hospital if you do catch coronavirus and yeah nobody wants to end up in hospital do they but that that is that is quite a quite a turnaround isn't it from going from this will stop you getting it and passing it on to well actually it doesn't really stop you getting it and it doesn't really stop you passing on but the main thing it's for is actually stop you getting in ending up in hospital yeah well that that was the argument um that was being used before wasn't it about vaccinating children if it will stop transmission and stop it being passed on to other people which they appear to have backtracked on now and keeping a bit more quiet about that because it doesn't appear that it it does that at all no so um no, it doesn't. And, and like you say, you, me- you mentioned the, the vaccine passport. What, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that one linked in with this, well, this whole thing? I was listening to um, Neil Oliver, the historian. Um, he's had a lot to say, a lot of wisdom to share over this last 18 months. Um, and he, he was saying he, he views vaccine passports as an abomination. And he said, that's a strong word (laughs) it is a strong word he was saying if that there are places who are going to bar him from entry without papers then he said he'd rather be outside with others of like mind and he doesn't want to go to those places anyway um you know if we're going to be deemed as unclean those people who don't have a passport um and he was talking about um peaceful and quiet resistance you know mm. working around if if this is the future and that's what what it's going to hold and how he wanted to always keep his door open to his friends no matter what happens um i thought i thought that was that was really um interesting to hear from someone like him he he's an interesting man to talk to listen to because um as a historian he he looks at things from quite an interesting perspective and looks back over what's happened through history. 
um, and how important it is to look at what's gone before in order to think carefully about the direction we, we go in now. So he sees it as a, a great danger of a divisive thing. And, and that's what it's going to be, isn't it? it yes, it is. It, it is. And I think he, his assessment is, is, is correct. Because um, I, I, you know, two, two things of, I, I've hit two things of, of recently to do, do with vaccine passports. And it should be noted that the government haven't have backed off from vaccine passport. I don't, I don't think they will remain backed off. I think they're, they're doing that old tactic of letting everybody do their dirty work for them and then they'll bring in the vaccine passports a bit you know in a month or two's time at, at, at the latest but we'll we'll have to see i hope i'm wrong about that one but i don't i don't think i will be i think it we will simply introduce vaccine passports in this country but people uh, businesses are still uh, are implementing that policy anyway so some of my family wanted to go and see a well-known christian band i won't name them but a well-known Christian band playing in Bournemouth at the O2. And you have to prove your vaccination status in order to get into the venue. So we're like, well, we can't go uh, because we haven't been vaccinated yet. Um, And the only other option is to get a lateral flow test and then prove it on the text from the NHS, which... I guess we could do. I don't. Whilst that's not the end of the world, it's um, at least it's not going the whole passport route. But I see this as almost like a, a at the moment, worst case scenario, is the last swan song of, of of doing this kind of thing before we're shut out for uh, a long time. And yeah. I've got another thing I'm going to on the weekend where again they're asking for your vaccination status or a proof of a negative test. So already places are enacting. What the government said they're not going to enact, which is a bizarre thing. And and if you've got, you know, either if the vaccines work, you don't need a vaccine passport. If the vaccine doesn't work, you don't need a vaccine passport. It's it's such a nonsense. It's unbelievable. It is, and I'm not surprised that people are. Some people are thinking, well, there must be some ulterior motive then. What? Why would you introduce such a thing? And is it all to do with wanting people to have digital IDs? Is that is that what it's all about? I'm not surprised that people are asking that question because, like you say, it doesn't it doesn't make make any sense. And interestingly, um, Neil Oliver also called um, church leaders to speak up on the issue, um, and he made the point that he's heard very little from them, and he wants to hear from them. Why why are they not speaking up? This is a big deal I, I um, think I think yeah that's really good to hear that I mean um is it, it Ben Ben Franklin uh Jamie Franklin Jamie Franklin I always get his name wrong why do I get his name <laughs> wrong I don't know uh, Jamie Franklin so he's 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 you know trailblazed that hasn't he it is it is it is going to be a big thing for churches I, I I don't think churches see what's coming a lot of them I don't think they see what's going to happen and you know the the moment a church asks for your vaccination status to come into the building I think at that moment the church has ceased to be the body of Christ biblically speaking yeah yeah that's um, the time for underground serious. church then isn't it it, it, it is exactly. and, and you know hopefully we will not allow that to to, to happen because that would be a tragedy but yeah going back to going back to ch- children young people Pfizer are already looking at vaccinating even younger children now aren't they I do wonder if if this is all about 
vaccine passport, digital currency, social credit system, then that would be why they want to get young people vaccinated, because they want to get young people used to using their smartphone to access normal things in everyday life. And that's the real reason why the government probably wants to vaccinate young people. Because let's remember that the JCVI said from a health reason, there's no reason why you should vaccinate young people. So if they're not doing it for health, they're doing it for something else. No. Well, another um, interesting thing, and, and I don't know why this should be the case, but I have read the NHS document that very clearly states this is the case, that there is a £10 bonus for every child vaccinated. So the providers, the vac- um Uh, vaccine uh, people doing the vaccines whoever they are whether it's GPs or um, other bodies that deliver vaccinations they get paid for each vaccination they deliver um, to adults and that's I can't remember it's something around 12 pounds that kind of amount I think Mm -hmm. but for the children there's going to be a 10 pound bonus on top of that why would that be wow wow that's that's an incentive Perhaps isn't it financial incentive? Um, the the problem is it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't stack up to a very optimistic picture, does it? Really, it doesn't. It's not very flattering. All this information as to what perhaps the real agenda is, and and I think it's you know it would be would be nice to wake up one morning and think and and well, not think but have everything all just back to normal. And all this kind of blown over and and all the restrictions dropped and everything put back to the way it was. But we seem to be moving further and further away from that, sadly, uh, from just simply an evidence point of view. Um, We're kind of near the end of our time. This is this is this is an experiment, isn't it, Helen? This 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 short format. So let's let's finish with, you know, thinking about why young people shouldn't be vaccinated. I know for my my boys they can't be vaccinated with this because we simply have no idea as to the long-term risks that this vaccine poses and the risk of covid is 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 not outweighed by the risk of the vaccine is it no and what we do have though is plenty yeah we do have we do already have plenty of evidence on the short-term risks from the vaccine on on adults and and that in itself is is quite worrying. There've been a whole range of adverse reactions, including myocarditis, which mm. has been downplayed by the authorities. But many experts have been saying that can cause permanent damage to the heart, which can lead in time to even needing a heart transplant. It's not it is it's a serious issue. Um, issues of blood clotting, menstrual disruption, and even death. So we do have short-term data showing some of these risks, but also that they appear to increase as the patients get younger. So that's a concern as well. Um, And what we have no information on at all is is any long-term data. So this is an experiment. There is no long-term data. We have no idea what long-term risk there could be perhaps there are there is none but we don't know that there could be there could be all sorts of long-term health or fertility effects that we just have no idea about yet and we will only find out in time so that makes it an experiment we have no idea what might happen yes yeah that, that is and very that's true. not how we that's not how we deal with vaccines normally we're usually very careful to test over 
long periods of time to ensure they are as safe as they possibly can be before we give them to children. And that point that you've just said then is is worth highlighting, underlining, putting in massive letters, because that is what a lot of this is about. It's not being anti-vaccine. It's being informed about what the risks are and actually understanding those to make an informed proper decision and yeah it's you're totally right in what you're saying we it flies in the face of all previous normal vaccine development that we've had up until this point and there's there's always been very good reasons for that very good reasons and vaccines have done a huge amount of good but they can only do that if they're properly tested and time is given to work out what the long-term effects are going to be. So from a from to sum up then, from a, a Christian point of view, I think what what would yeah, what would your be kind of summary summary point f- from that as, as Christians, we are feels like we're going against the grain here a bit, doesn't it? it? It does. I think the Bible makes it clear that children are precious and are a gift from God to be loved and protected and cherished and we must never do them harm or deliberately put them at risk and certainly not in order to protect adults um that's that's what i would say yeah i i i would i would agree with that and and i think the on on the kind of linked in with that is also the vaccine passport side of things is is that that freedom is important freedom is god-given is God mandated? God gave us free will. We are free to worship him, to follow him. We're also free to reject him if we want to. Um, there are consequences to both of those actions, but free will is so important. And uh, by extension, freedom is so important. And when something challenges fundamental freedoms that we have in life, we should be paying very close attention. And the church should be paying close attention because we can and should be speaking into these things, shouldn't we? As we have a track record of doing so in the past over lots of key issues, you know, take slavery, for example, you know, church at the forefront of their social care, church at the forefront there. Um, So yeah, I think that would be something to bear in mind, wouldn't it? Definitely. Cool, well, we'll wrap it up there.